Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Sean Bice, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Sean Bice is here. Hey, Sean. Hey, everybody. It's uh, it's Paul Carruthers. I'm the communications manager for Moto America, and this is Off Track, our weekly podcast in which we speak about all things Moto America. And uh, Sean, who you just heard, is in Ohio. He's my cohort. We do this show every week, and uh, it's kind of been a lot of fun, Sean, so far, don't you think? It's been a lot of fun. Hey, you know, I want to tell you one thing real quick. So we, I know people might get sick of the fact that since since you're in Southern California and I'm in, in mid Ohio, Central Ohio, uh, that we talk about the weather. But I do have to tell you something today. This has been one of the mildest winters we've ever had here. But today we got a little snow last night. Not much, uh, but we had. It, but it was a snow day for the kids today. So hey, today's a snow day. So we're gonna have a Very lot nice. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, who is that talking? I heard somebody I come on. Oh, you know, you know who it is? It's Bobby Fong. Honestly, you know, I was thinking of when I was thinking about having Bobby on, I'm like, yeah, you know, he's a super sport champion now. He's probably going to big shot us. And, you know, we, you know, we should do it anyway, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then next thing I know, he's a super bike rider. I'm like, oh, he's definitely not going to want to do the podcast now. You know, he's joined that elite group of Moto America super bike racers, but Hey, Bobby, I wanted to congratulate you. I, I think you're very deserving of that ride. You had a hell of a season last year with six wins and 14 podiums. And we know what you went through at Pittsburgh. And oh, but while I'm on that subject, I wanted to thank you for, um, I think as far as somebody who generates website traffic for us, you're number one with your crashes. So <laughs> that's appreciated. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, but the way that you came back from those crashes and and Pittsburgh obviously stands out in everybody's mind, um, and that's basically where you you were able to put that championship in your pocket. But uh, good job and congratulations on on getting the M4 X Star Suzuki Superbike ride. I think it's going to be fun to watch. I think you'll do well. I think you'll uh, you'll be a good teammate for Tony. And uh, yeah, congratulations. So are you on Thanks, cloud guys. nine at this point? Man, I'm uh. I'm pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, nervous as well because, you know, there is, uh, I don't have any excuses and not saying I had any excuses last year, but there's definitely not any this year. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, this is my first real shot on a, um, a super bike with a real super bike that actually is known for, you know, doing good and winning races. So, um, I'm excited to get out there and I know it's going to be a, I know it's going to be a, a little slow start to begin with just because I've never been on the bike and, you know, we haven't done testing and all that stuff. And just because there's big changes with the team and, you know, they got a lot to do and we have a lot of riders on the team. So, um, my goal basically is just to be there in the beginning of the season and, uh, you know, just build momentum and hopefully to, uh, be there in the middle to the end to at least stay in the championship championship hunt. It's definitely a, not a learning year for me. I didn't get signed to learn and, you know, have you learn this year and get results next year. It's, you know, it's, it's go time. So, I'm going to do everything I can to make that possible and kind of limit the mistakes, you know, from at least last year. I did uh, some big mistakes and I definitely uh, got some attention from uh, from all the fans and, you know, gave you guys some attention on social media. So that was nice. 
What? I mean, this this is by far will be the best motorcycle you've ever ridden, right? Yeah, man. By uh, you know, I wouldn't say by far, but for sure, it's definitely a a winning Suzuki. You know, within recent years, so I'm excited to get on the thing. And you know, you 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 watch all the races from last year, and you know, you you listen to the commentators, and you know, you you hear them say, you know, this is this track a Suzuki track, this track is a Yamaha track, and you know, until. 2019 i believe that um because that's what i thought going into you know going into the 600s it's like hey we're going to go to some tracks and the yamahas are going to be super competitive here and the suzuki just won't because it's just it's not a flowing bike like the the yamaha but i think i don't believe that really anymore i think the suzuki is overall a well-rounded motorcycle could do yeah it does some things a little bit better than the yamahas but i think it could do anything the yamaha does uh plus some so I think it's just everybody sees Tony's riding style and thinks, man, it doesn't do good at this track because this, 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 this. But I think that's just that person's riding style. So I've uh, I've been known to adapt to bikes, different bikes, and I think I have. That's one of my big advantages this year. We there's all fast riders in Superbike. All everybody's fast, you know. I think I have something, you know, behind me basically with all the different manufacturers I rode and how many different riding styles I have and have to adapt to. So I think I have a big advantage coming into the season with all that knowledge behind me and having to adapt to different motorcycles. So I'm excited. I, uh, I just want to be there in the beginning. You know what I mean? At least in the hunt, nothing, you know, I'm not expecting too much in the beginning, but definitely by the third, fourth round, um, I want to be definitely in contention every weekend, especially on this motorcycle. Cause you know, as we know, it is a winning motorcycle. So, but definitely want to do good at Coda too, because we all know how to do good at that track. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you, yeah. Bobby. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, obviously you you've thought of this. I don't. I'm not putting any added pressure on you, but obviously yeah. Coda yeah. out of the gate is always great for Suzuki. Josh Heron had a win there last year, so I'm sure the expectation among fans is that you know you, you're gonna you're gonna get your first win there too. Um, does that does that add to the pressure for you? No, not at all. Honestly, it's every weekend there's pressure, man. It's obviously that weekend is a bigger weekend and I've done, I've done well there in the past, but I just got to treat it like every other weekend. Cause if I'm going to go in there thinking I'm going to win the championship that round, it's, you know, I have another thing coming. So I'm just going to take it step by step, but I do get at that track. It definitely suits, suits the Suzuki a little bit more, I think just with the acceleration. Um, and it suits my riding style. So I'm, I'm excited to get in there, but I haven't ridden the bike yet. So at the end of the day, I have yet to even ride the bikes. I don't even know. I don't know what to expect. We could all speculate now, but um, until I get on the bike, I'll have a, a definite, a better, uh, better knowing of what's going to happen. From watching Tony and from knowing his riding style, and and I'm sure you've been on track with him at some point. Mm-hmm. What is is there any way? Uh, do you see the bikes being set up anywhere close, or do you think they're going to be pretty different? No, I think it's going to be, you know, just watching how he rides. I mean, hell, I mean, I'm 150 pounds. I mean, I'm not sure how much he weighs. I'm sure he probably weighs 125, maybe, maybe even less. Soaking wet. Yeah, soaking wet. So (laughs) for sure, the bikes are going to be differently. Um, I ride the bike for sure, different different than him. He does stuff that I've never seen anybody do. Um, So (laughs) the the bike is definitely going to be set up differently. Uh, I think more along the lines, I might have a bike set up. And this is just me kind of throwing it out there of what Roger Hayden had a few years ago. So yeah, I thought I, that I, same thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Heron had on his bike, and 
I, I know that uh, it seemed like for whatever reason the the uh, the Suzuki boys in general as a as a whole, even M four, they kind of struggled at the end of the season. But um, I think it, even talking to my crew chief now, I think we'll have a similar package to Roger. But again, we're just speculating. We we don't we now really is the first now. Is the first time you're going to ride it at our barber test? You think? Uh, the team is talking about some possibilities of probably riding it beforehand, but I don't have any details on that. They're, the boys have been so busy working uh, at the shop, you know, just talking to the guys, and they have a lot going on. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to try to make the bikes better for even next year. And it's just a big change for everybody, moving all the stuff from California to Alabama. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just a lot of work for the boys. So I know they have a lot on their plate, and they're doing the best they can. So I, I – I know they have intentions on definitely riding it before Barber and after Barber quite a bit um, just to get caught up a little bit and get going. Obviously, it's a big change for everybody and even Tony, you know, so uh, sooner the better for, for me, for sure. Yeah. I want to backtrack for a minute, Bobby, and ask you, when we talked to you before, you were not that far removed from your season, uh, which your situation with, with what happened at Pittsburgh and your, your injuries are health-wise, are you hundred percent now? Are you back fully where you were? Yeah, no, I'm good. I, uh, I haven't, you know, since the, since the season ended, so I've been seeing, uh, my personal trainer, I've been going to the same personal trainer since I was 16 years old, real knowledgeable guy and been around for 40 years and really, really well. So I've been, I've been seeing that type of trainer, my personal trainer for, you know, long time. And I've been basically helping out at the gym since, you know, the end of the season. And we do a lot of therapy stuff. So I, I kind of do a lot of therapy stuff on people, ultrasounding, scraping, we have cryo sauna. We have, we have all the works there for people doing therapy. And we got, I, so I do a lot of work in the gym since the season. So I haven't rode like my road bike too much and stuff like that. I've just been doing a little bit, to, uh, focus more on the gym in this off season. But, uh, until like a few weeks ago, believe it or not, I was still feeling like I would wake up in the morning. You know, I'm definitely not a spring chicken anymore, but um, I would still feel my my foot, my foot from the injury at Pittsburgh. I would literally wake up and limp for, you know, a good 15 minutes until my body gets warmed up. But that's just accumulative injuries over a racing career. I feel like a damn football player. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here in, in my third, I'm not in my 30s, but, uh, you know, I'm only 28, but still it's like, I'm definitely going to be feeling it when, once I hit 30s of all the injuries over the years, for sure. When when you signed your your contract, I mean, we talked about this with you before. How you know you mm -hmm. you were you were sort of dancing around with John over the years, and this year you kind of put or last year you kind of put something together and made it happen. And it's interesting how it progressed. I know at the beginning of the year, I I don't know. I think we all, all thought you were going to do great, but the way it ended up, it was you know a glorious situation. And was there anything in the contract or anything said to you that? You know, if you win a super sport championship that, you know, you, you, you're in the, you're on the hammer team now, maybe there's something for you in Superbike. Was that, was that ever promised or suggested? Hell no. I, I wish it said that, but uh, no, it didn't. It was, you know, it was, um, you know, the John and Chris, they, they, they know what they're doing. Obviously they, they saw something in me and, you know, I, I delivered for them at the end of the season and just like Martin Cardenas did years ago when he won, uh, you know, he won the super sport championship. They put him on a super bike and next, you know, he was on Yosh. And I believe that John and Chris treat their, their guys well, you know what I mean? I, I delivered for them. So they delivered for me. And I know through this whole process of, uh, 
you know, me being on the super bike and stuff, they're, they're fighting for me cause I'm their guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I did something for them. They did something for me. It's, you know, they, they treat their riders well, you know what I mean? At the end of the day. And, um, you know, I, I had the feeling after I won the championship that there was a possibility of being on Superbike. Just there, there was talks about it. But then when the whole, um, when the whole thing, you know, when no, I wouldn't say sideways. It just when M4 took over Suzuki's program, and I didn't know anymore because obviously, you know, Josh and Tony were on the Yoshimura bikes, and I just thought, you know, Josh would just land the land the Superbike ride just because you know he was on the team already, um, and, you know, and you know, just winning races and being fast doesn't count it. It doesn't cut, doesn't cut it anymore. Basically it's, it's, you have to be a, I don't know, a, a salesman. You have to be a celebrity on social media. So that's what, honestly, that's what sells motorcycles. And granted, I'm, I'm definitely not good at social media. I'm terrible at it. I don't post often. And you know, it, it has cost me sponsorship, which it's, that's just how the racing world is these days. You know what I mean? I hear people getting rides just because they have a lot of social media followers and motocross. So um, I didn't know I've got the super bike ride and originally. So I was thankful when I did because, uh, you know, it was my social media wasn't not, wasn't good at all. So um, I'm going to de definitely make the best of the opportunity and uh, keep riding this wave. Okay. So in addition to you stepping up and, and getting a bit more pressure thrown on you, I think you've probably – with the way this has all turned out, it's got to throw a little bit more pressure on our little buddy, Sean Dillon Kelly, because now it's on him to, uh, to follow your footsteps and win that championship. But don't, I mean, you know him pretty well and I can, I can tell you guys get along. Well, I think he's mm -hmm. perfectly capable of, of, of filling those shoes. Do you agree? Oh, for sure. I mean, he's, you know, and I, I definitely feel like even the M4 Suzuki, I mean, is, you know, they haven't changed the motorcycle in years, but obviously we know it's competitive. I know that the guys are even going to make the bike even better for 2020. So yet he's, he's gaining experience. He's riding all the time and he definitely be, he definitely be better filling my shoes plus some, you know what I mean? So, uh, he's our next young hope, you know I mean? He's, you know, he's 17 years old, so he, he definitely needs to light the world on fire and no pressure, Sean, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I know the bike is, we, we all know the bike's capable of doing it. It's going to even be better next year. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the goal for the kid to just basically go out there and dominate, dominate next year and, uh, move on to Moto2 and, you know, make America proud. You know, it's funny. We had some fans, we asked, we pulled some fans to ask, you know, for questions. And one of those fans was Sean Dylan Kelly. And he kind of asked you, uh, what what did you think of your 2019 Supersport teammate? I think he kind of just answered that, but I think he still wanted to know the answer. So, what, what do you hold on? So, what do you say about me? Hold on, wasn't there like a podcast where he called me a douchebag or something? No, oh, not here. What, there, no, there a, no, somebody he did a I, I don't know who it was with. I, I or somebody asked him a question. He's like, "Yeah, what did you think about your teammate in the beginning?" He's like, "You know, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I thought he was a douchebag in the beginning." Oh yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. He, he, did say, he did say that because, yeah. um, you know, I think maybe that's the, 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 uh, the persona you put off like in the first, you know, meeting. Well, he was a kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was a kid. He didn't, yeah. he didn't know, he didn't know men's conversations. That's what it was. That's you know? right. He didn't have that man's sense of humor yet. He was still a virgin at the time, you know, so. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I remember that now. 
yeah. you know, Bobby, I want to ask you about the super sport class a little bit because it's funny, you know, people are so fixated on Superbike and this idea of musical chairs and, you know, kind of when it all settles, it seems like we're going to have the same riders or most of the same riders with some exceptions, but, you know, the teams are going to be changed around, but the brands are still there and some riders that are going to get some shots that deserve it. But now people are kind of looking at it and they're like, oh, Bobby Fong has gone up to from super sport to super bike and um, you know, we're not sure what Hayden Gillum's up to these days. So people are now looking at super sport as being, you know, it's always had a good number of entries and now people are wondering about that. What do you think about super sport this next year? And obviously SDK is, is, is a favorite to win it, but there's still going to be a lot of competition in that class. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Oh, for, uh, I, you know, I, I believe so just with the rumors going on, I think the super sport class class will definitely be competitive next year. And, you know, and, uh, it doesn't take much for to make a 600 competitive. You know what I mean? It's not a super bike. They don't have a whole bunch of electronics. Right. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, M4 is a big team. And, yeah, it's we have a lot of development on the bike. But, I mean, look at what Richie Escalante did. Look at what Bryce Prince did. You know what I mean? There's a handful of guys out there that actually, you know, they just they weren't on crazy huge teams. But yet that the Yamaha was good. It is a good bike. And they proved that you could be up front and run with the Suzuki's and stuff. So I think it's going to be a good race the next year. Obviously, Sean is definitely one of the favorite, but my buddy, Richie Escalante, you know, he's, he's proved to be a podium contender. And I think it'll be a race uh, in my personal opinion. It'll be, you know, Richie and, uh, Richie and, um, Sean, but I don't know what Bryce is doing. Um, again, and if, if you think about some, you know, real good riders who actually improved in my eyes was, uh, Lucas Silva. Believe it or not, I mean, there was some yeah. times like I, there was some times last year, and I'm like, whoa! I mean, like Lucas is actually not far off pace, you know what I mean? And I know that he's making a move next year and into a different team, and I, I think that he might be even contention for podiums next year. And and I know he's been training with Sean on off season stuff, so and they're buddies, so I, I think there's going to be a few guys out there might surprise might surprise us, but uh, hopefully we we need the racing good again in 600s next year for the fans sake and for Moto America and everybody we need, we want good racing in the U S that's what sells. Well, and this is, this is what Moto America is. I mean, the thing is we've proven this and it's shown in the six years that we've been involved in this thing. We've got guys like Alex Dumai, your teammate who, you know, went from uh, KTM RC cup and junior cup and, and then he won a championship in, in twins cup. And we're not sure what he's doing this next year, but we've heard rumors about it. So, you know, he's moving up. Uh, Ashton Yates is in stock 1000. Um, you're moving up to Superbike. It, just because people are moving higher, that's what we want to have happen. And there are people to fill their places from, the, you know, the, the classes, the more beginner classes. So it, it's, it's what, the, what we're trying to do with the whole thing. And I, I'm sure you're happy to see it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I like to see people moving around. And, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with uh... – you know, the superstar champion, Andrew Lee, you know what I mean? I don't know if he's going back to right. the 600s or he's going to be on a super bike. And if he's in a 600s, you know, hopefully he's on a good bike and compete up front in the 600 class because that would just make the racing that more that, that much more exciting. Unfortunately, I wish that uh, HSBK kind of went either stayed in 600s to keep it competitive or went to super bike. Um, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, that's their decision. And it would definitely be good to see PJ in super sport or super bike just to make those two classes more, more lively, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, and I know that Posh is actually going to be in stock 1000, some selected rounds next year, I believe. I think that's the rumor. 
So uh, wow. that'd be fun. That'd be fun uh, to watch the stock 1000 class next year for some select rounds. But either way, all classes have great racing and, you know, Moto America, you know, represents all the classes real well. Paul, br- breaking news from uh, from Bobby Fong on on uh, Brandon Posh. I didn't know. <laughs> Again, we the, it's a small industry. Everything's there's so many rumors going yeah, there's on. No you don't secrets. know what to believe. You know, there's no secrets really. Everybody kind of somehow, some way, will sneak out. So right, right. And I just I end up Sorry, believing Brandon. it when I see yeah. the entry when the entry list come in. You know. Yeah. yeah. You you mentioned it earlier. Uh, about electronics and and the super sport class and it, it being a little easier to uh to make bikes competitive than the superbike class going to the superbike class on uh on a new team with with the factory level superbike d- does the electronic part of it does that worry you as far as the amount of of work or or learning there there might be to do to get that the way you want it to be yeah it, it- it doesn't worry me. It's just I know it's a big variable in the in the mix. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it might be more rider friendly for me at least. You know what I mean? Just on the the fact on, it might save my save my butt more more than I could count probably because uh, I'm a little handsy with the throttle, as you know. Um, I've never uh, knock on wood. I've never high sided a big bike in the years that I've raced a one thousand ever. So, but yet I go on to six hundred the first year and I get shot to the moon three times just in my handsy, my handsy throttle hand uh, because there is no electronics. So if anything, the electronics might save my butt more than I can count. Um, right. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it could, it could make or break you in the superbike class. I mean, it could really break you if you don't have the electronics at least functioning well and, you know, in the ballpark. But we, we, we know that, you know, we, M4 is going to give us good bikes. And I know that I know the electronics package is going to be very well, so and and pretty much fitted to the bike already. So I'm excited to get on there. I'm not too concerned on the electronics side. We got good. We got a, plenty of electronics guys behind us to make the bike well. And I know that uh, you know just our guys from last year on M4, and uh, they're going to be working with the Superbike program this year, and they'll get things situated. Let's so let let's settle something right now, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions on any other teams. Yeah, um, you are. No, and you don't know <laughs> bring where I'm the going drama. Bring I'm the not... drama. We all, everybody knows. Everybody likes drama. Bring the drama. Sure. Yeah, you know, you're all about it. No, well, actually, yeah. the drama will be coming in a minute, but this isn't quite okay. as dramatic as it yeah, up yeah. to be. But I want to ask you about 2017 when you were on the Kawasaki Superstock 1000. You know, you did really well. You were, I think, five fifth place. Uh, and did well, and the bike was hella fast, but it was not a super bike. Uh, the next year, you you raced for Hudson, and then you raced for Road Race Factory. And you know, can can you talk about those th- three bikes and the fact that were any of those three bikes truly super bikes? Um, you know, it was, so if, back to the Cowie. The the Cowie definitely was not a super bike. I mean, we had, you know, we didn't have the super bike forks. We didn't have the super bike shock that you know the fancy shock that you can get. We were on K tech suspension. We, it was built in house at latest granted. It was fast off the corners. Top speed definitely wasn't there. Um, but you know, we had a solid crew that year and we made the bike handle well and it accelerated out of the corner as well. So, and we had the basic, basic bones electronics, like the second version of the Cowie's, uh, the kitty C or whatever it was called back in the day in 2017. Um, so it was definitely, 
we didn't have much capabilities with the electronics, but it handled well, which was a good thing uh, at some tracks. So um, definitely not a super bike. And then, you know, the Hudson bike, um, you know, we just had a lot of gremlins with the electronics and there was a lot of other things happened in closed doors that, you know, that not a lot of people knew. And they gave, you know, Hudson gave it their best effort. I gave it my best effort. and Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But uh moved on to the Honda team, Danny Walker's team. And um, we had a lot of the uh, super bike stuff on that Honda that we had, you know, we had a swing arm, we had the electronics and um, we did the best we could. And that was more of a, a super bike. It had more super bike parts on there. Let's just say that it wasn't we as as we know that the Honda wasn't the most competitive package in the world, you know, at the time on that version mm-hmm. motorcycle. And uh, but, you know, we, we got some we got some decent results out of the thing and the team worked hard and every weekend they gave it 110. I mean, they were known for the hardest working team in the pits road race factory at the time. So and, you know, we worked they worked their asses off and granted, we didn't get the results. And I think that was just more of just the brand motorcycle we had at the time. You know what I mean? It just wasn't, just wasn't capable of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But now that I'm on the Suzuki, uh, factory Suzuki, it's definitely, we have high hopes and big aspirations to get the job done. How well do you get along with, um, with Tony? Uh, I get it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, di- I know, uh, I know some people have, problems with him on track you know what i mean just how he uh rides and you know he wants he wants to win and he'll do whatever it takes to win i see i've never raced so close with tony at the end of a race you know what i mean because i've always been on a super stock bike or something so i could i battle with the tony before but it's always like you know at the end of the races the at the time when i was on a super stock class he would always be you know uh, a few seconds ahead by the end of the race just because he was on a super bike so i never really had to deal with him in race situations like at the end of the last lap stuff um but off the track yeah we get along well and you know i don't i don't see any problem there but who who knows you know what i mean it, we're all at the end of the day there is no friends in this industry you could be friendly you could you could be friends but once once a win is on the line and once you see that checker flag and you could possibly reach that checker flag first you know i i the next guy isn't my friend even if i'm sharing a room with you you know what i mean there is no right. i'm not going to you know at the end of the day i'm not racing for my teammate I'm not going to help my teammate out. I'm not going to follow my teammate. It's not happening. You know what I mean? But again, I'm going to be smart about it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to throw my will in on Tony if I know I can't pull away. You know what I mean? I'm not that type of racer. I don't create drama like that for the fans. I'm a smart racer. I, I try to attend like I have a lot of race strategy. Um, So I'm going to do the right thing at the end of the day. And you have... You have a long relationship with with Cameron um, that goes mm-hmm. back to when you guys were kids. I know you guys are friendly. Again, it's one of those things where you're really friendly off the track, but he's not gonna he's not gonna give you an inch on the track. Um, but you you race you've raced with him for a long time, right? I grew up racing with Cameron. I was always uh, well, Cameron's like a year year and a half younger than me, I believe. Um, so he was more racing with. I raced with him growing up, but he raced against my little brother a lot and okay. uh so and it was always it was like either though i was in like a it was always weird situations we never were on par equipment at the time growing up like meaning like when we we're in 600s and stuff so um we never on like close equipment so it was always like we never actually got to like have a head-to-head dual battle and stuff but at the end of the day i know 
Cameron's not going to give me an inch. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm going to do the same for him. But at the end of the day, we're going to respect each other because we are buddies and I don't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. It's not nothing intentional going to happen out there. But again, we're racing for race wins and bonuses and jobs and everything. So it's definitely going to be a fun season for sure with everybody up front. I, I've been over here holding my hand over my mouth because I want to go back to the Tony thing for a minute. When you were talking about Tony, I started laughing to myself. And Paul will remember when we did the podcast, a video version of the podcast, I think it was at Utah actually, with Tony. And we asked him about, you know, sharing data with Josh. And he, he put his hands over his eyes like he's he's pretending he's wearing binoc- he's got binoculars and he's pretending yeah. to show every time Heron looks at my daddy you probably heard it or saw it. so I want to ask you I mean he he does not like did not like the fact that Heron was always looking at his stuff you guys are probably going to share stuff within the team but are you going to be conscious of that at all um I honestly I think at the end of the day it's uh at least like last year like me and Sean there's not much like electronics data we could do because we didn't have crazy electronics like that. But, you know, it made both of us better. You know what I mean? Sharing data. And at the end of the day, John and Chris run a different program. It's this isn't Yoshimura. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> this is not Yoshimura. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be John and Chris and our crew chief's decisions whether we share data or not. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, I think it would be beneficial for the both of us. But at the end of the day, it's, you only could take so much uh, data from the other person because you you look at this, you know, for example, Tony, he'll probably, you know, he'll probably hold the gas on way longer and open the throttle that much faster or whatever the case may be. And yet I can't do that. And I have, I don't have the same feeling. Everybody has a different feeling. Everybody has a different riding style, the weight to power ratio, everything's so different. So, I mean, I think we could share data for sure, but I don't think how useful, I don't know if it would be very useful. In certain did you, situations. Did you and Sean share data? Did you guys share yeah. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was the Suzuki's are so, you know, it's nowhere near as sophisticated as uh, a real superbike. Obviously, the real superbike, I mean, you have electronics, you have different swing arms, offsets, rake, you could do different links. I mean, you, there's a thousand things you could change on a superbike. The you know, on 600 is we had a good working motorcycle with good crew, good suspension, and we shared suspension and different springs and clickers and all that stuff, but that's nothing, nowhere near a superbike. But it made us definitely better as a person because, you know, when Sean was struggling on a race weekend, he would look at my data and be like, okay, he's, he's doing this. Because we don't have, we don't run completely different setups. Like our setups are usually pretty similar, me and Sean's. Um, mm-hmm. But, he, you know, he would look at my data and like, okay, he's riding it this way, you know, I'm riding it that way. And we kind of learn from each other on what, what, uh, what is working or what is not working. So it's good. Paul, do you, should it, you think it's time for us to answer our voluminous listener mail right now? We got some questions from some fans. You want me to fire those out? For- I think now would be a perfect time. Okay. Bobby, you cool with that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So the first one, uh, Victoria Ann 46 asks, what training regimen do you use or find most effective to help with keeping your energy at peak performance? Um, oh, and I'll save the next one for after you answer that. She's got a part two to the question, but go ahead. Training regimen or diet regimen? Because I think the most energy for me, at least, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't care how much I train. If I'm eating like poo, I'm going to feel like poo. Like, I mean, this off season, it's been probably the most cush off season I've had. Meaning like I've been training like crazy for sure. Like I've been training harder than ever, but 
my diet it hasn't been like as ever, we all know like I kind of eat foo-foo like you see my lunch before you know race weekends everybody it's just like a smoothie with kale in there you know what I mean it's like when I don't eat like that one I blow up like a balloon two um I just don't feel good I have zero energy I'm taking naps throughout the whole day so for me personally I, I always kind of do the same thing every weekend training regiment you know running cycling gym cross training all this all the things that everybody does everybody does it a little bit differently but uh it's my diet for me personally if i don't if i don't eat halfway clean or get my vegetation in i just feel like complete crap so that's key right there hydration and vegetation so part hydration and vegetation that's like that's like uh you're you're like a you're like a cow or something that's like it's like cattle out in the field Dude, honestly i don't i don't know i, I mean just my body, I'm so hypersensitive to things. I mean, one, if I eat like poo, I'm going to feel like a turd sandwich and I'm going to just blow up. You'll see my third chin growing. It's crazy. It's, um, <laughs> I love that it, third chin. You know what I mean? It's just terrible. I got more chins than a Chinese phone book. Um, but I, I got a small lower body. <laughs> I got a small lower body. That's what counts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very hypersensitive, uh, to food and hydration. And when I don't drink enough water throughout the day, I feel it. I see it. It's, it's terrible feeling. It's terrible life. Terrible life. You might, you might not want to lead with that. I have a small lower body thing. (laughs) Easy. Don't record me guys. (laughs) So let me move on quickly to part two of Victorian 46. She asked, also, can I get some Fonger gear? I would like to promote my favorite rider, and I want to point out that she spelled favorite with a U in it, F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E. So she's Canadian, British, Australian, or something like that, I think. So how is somebody from overseas or in Canada, how do they get Fonger gear? Well, now that I'm a famous superbike rider, I might have enough money to uh, make some uh, fancy fancy kits that people could have, and uh, maybe... <laughs> maybe it could uh, help uh, build my social media too since that's what I'm lacking so I definitely work in progress and if so I build some fonger gear I would uh, send it her way awesome. okay so the, that's a note to Victoria and 46 stay tuned because now that he's just got the super bike it's not a no just say stay tuned stay tuned stay tuned yeah stay tuned and yeah. find out for more on fonger gear yeah okay CLM CL well CL McCreary 81 asks after you were offered the superbike ride, did you still consider staying in Supersport to defend the number one play, or was it see, I'm big time, I'm gone? Oh, uh, um, definitely not. I didn't want to consider staying in six. As soon as uh, the superbike was mentioned to me, I wanted to jump back up again, just because I've. No, I wouldn't say I've been there, done that. I, I just, I wanted to do. I wanted to have an opportunity, a chance to win number one play in Superbike. Granted, it will be a lot harder, but I just wanted that chance. And But definitely, I did think about running a number one plate on that 600 for a while. When the season was over, I'm like, man, it's going to be nice running a number one plate. I've never done that since I was a kid. So, uh, But as soon as I meant, heard 1,000s, I was like, ah, I'm jumping ship. Yeah, at the, at the uh, banquet, didn't you have the – wasn't the one inside the zero on your 50? Yeah, yeah, that was just uh, something clever that uh, the team did, you know, and our, our sticker guy did. So um, that was pretty cool. But I was going to definitely run a, a big gold, silver, chrome number one next year in the 600, just bedazzled as it can get. <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> okay, uh, somebody from 
uh, we narrow these down. So I'm, I got to throw in one. I, I did the one from, well, let me ask you, Sean Dylan Kelly had another question. He asked me, he asked us if you know how to do wheelies. Hmm. That little douchebag him. Um, <laughs> he knows I can't do a wheelie. He knows I can't do a wheelie. And honestly, I, I, I definitely don't know how to do wheelies. I don't know how to do, maybe I could do rolling burnouts, but I might crash and burn trying. Um, I'm not, I don't know. Honestly, I just never tried. I never tried to do a wheelie. I've tried to do like a little power wheelie, but I've never, ever tried to do a wheelie ever. And I just have no intentions on doing it. I don't know why. Yeah. But the celebrations would be a lot cooler and my pictures would be cooler. Maybe my social media might grow. But uh, no, well, that little. I always, yeah. I always say, I always say when I'm the same way, and I have more respect for steering head bearings than that. I'm not going to ruin them by having the bike come down hard like that and wreck everything. The, the, Honestly, the I'm not going to lie, to you guys. I'm not going to lie, to you guys. I'm scared. I'm yeah. going to admit, I'm scared to even try. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> yeah. embarrassment of looping that thing out would just be. Oh, it's just terrible. I, I just don't yeah. even want to deal with it. Or, you know, like you see them, people do wheelies and then they land and they get a crazy speed wobble. My right. biggest fear right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. so some, somebody else from Team Hammer is at their question is, are you bringing back the Freddie Mercury stash? You know, I've, I was asked that a lot. Even this off season, I have a lot of buddies growing out their stash and stuff like, man, bring back yours. I don't know. I have such thick facial hair. I look so dirty with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, the, you know, I got more compliments from the men than the, the ladies, you know what I mean? Which concerns me. Um, <laughs> so it should. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe if I, maybe if I like, I don't know, maybe tr not trimmed it, but maybe I just have too thick of hair to maybe grow it out. But who say I might feel frisky if I if I do get in my first few rounds. Sean, let me tell you something. I've actually I've actually shared a room with Bobby when we did a little Utah trip. And grow, growing the mustache, that's not even that that's that's not even something that should be said because this guy doesn't have to grow it. This guy could shave in the morning and it's grown by lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Did you <laughs> But hold on, what? granted, what are the ladies like? What What is everybody like? What is in the world? What is ladies like? They like facial hair. So you stay being jealous about my facial hair. The cookie duster. <laughs> and he's also still got a pair <laughs> of my underwear, duster. but we don't want to get into that. Paul, did you have, have into the you, have, you have to get in the shower after Bobby when he shared a room and there was like hair everywhere in there? No, no, he cleaned <laughs> up after himself. I'll give him that. Oh. Okay, his hygiene's very well, we're good. Racers, oh, yeah. We have shaven bodies. We're racers and we have shaven bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's actually funny, Bobby, you'd say that. I, I think that's something that a lot of fans don't know about. Um, you know, and, and I, I kind of – I used to talk to Josh Hayes about it all the time. So tell us about that. What is the deal? You guys shave your bodies, right? Well, most of us are cyclists and um, I, I don't know. There's some cyclists that don't shave their legs. I shave my legs. And I think it looks better. You see more veins, more veins in your legs. It's like, man, you're lean. You're running lean. I don't know. I just like, and I have tattoos. So, you know, I definitely shave my arms to show the tattoos more. And I never, I just don't like hair other than on my face. Sorry, guys. I know that's a little personal, but. Well, yeah. no, it's an insect. I don't way. think it's one of it's something that I don't think a lot of fans realize about no, you the riders. Proper, the, proper, the, proper, the proper definition is like you could just slip into your leathers really easily without pulling your leg hair. That's the, like the, the professional way. Like what, 
why why do you shave your body? It's like, yeah, you know, when I slip on my suit, you know, it's not pulling my leg hair, you know, like I could drag my knee without like pulling my legs hairs. You know, it's like that's like a professional way to say, you know, that you're. Yeah, I, I can't gay. use that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't use. I, 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 yeah, you and I'm, they that. always give me shit in the media center because in the media center, I am the only guy that has shaved yeah. legs. But I can't yeah. use the I can't use the leathers excuse, you know. I'm like, uh, you know, when I pull my work pants on, it makes it easier. Uh, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I slip in my leotards a little bit easier. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Sean, what um, it does it makes your calves look a lot better if you're wearing heels. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. When you when you when, when you dance to that what that Beyonce song when I'm cross dressing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put a ring on it. That's the song with the yeah, high heels. That's funny. Yeah. Um, I, so I have, a, I have a Team Hammer question for you, and this is just – I'm going to throw it out here. So they announced their team. They in, mm-hmm. in, indicated or intimated, however you want to put it, that you know they're going to be involved in other series. We know SDK is going to be racing. So they, there are two superbike riders. It sounds like there are going to be some other riders in other classes. Um, can you divulge that, or can you just say there's some more announcements to come on that? Or what, what do we – what can you tell us about that? Um, well, obviously, the, I, I don't know what's completely out there right now. And obviously, it's a small, small industry. And I know that there's going to be uh, another 600 rider. Um, and I know that I do know that Alex Dumas won the championship on an SV. So I'm, I'm sure that Team Hammer and he's young and fast and well-spoken. So I'm sure that John and Chris are going to want to keep a hold of him. I'm not sure. Um, and obviously, Joe Blasius did well last year. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who did well at team hammer last year. And, um, I'm sure that there's some announcements coming, coming soon. Okay. Bobby, I got to ask this question, Paul, Paul, we, you and I talked about this or you saw, so one of the questions that a fan asked us, and I'm going to use his name, it's Adam Matson, And he's been quite vocal lately on some of our commentary. And I think he's a bit of a, of a fan of Mr. Josh Heron. And he asked this question, why didn't Josh Heron get the superbike seat instead of Fong? Uh, Bobby, that's your question. Oh, my question. Then that, that was a that one's a hard one. Obviously, he asked that, um, he asked well, that to you. So, do you want to answer it? Uh yeah, I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Obviously, uh, John and Chris saw something in me. You know what I mean? I've I've been a I get I've been not a championship contender. I've been a podium contender for as long as I can remember. And I, uh, I have never actually gotten a fair shot on a competitive superbike, and you know, and Josh has had a factory ride his whole life, so I feel like uh, I've, I've earned my, I've earned my spot, and there's a reason, obviously, why he doesn't have it, and I do, and that's John and Chris's reason, and I know that I'm the, their boy, so uh, you know, Josh is a great rider, he's won races, and um, but unfortunately, he didn't get the deal, and uh, I'm. I'm going to ride this, like I said earlier, I'm going to ride this wave and do the best I can with this super bike ride. I'm thankful that I got it. Um, and hopefully I could prove that guy wrong. Well said. Paul, we got really, Paul, this podcast got really serious for a minute there, didn't it? We went from shaving legs to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a roller coaster. Like my life is just a roller coaster, a roller coaster of emotions. And right. This, this, this podcast yeah. Bob, is Bobby in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, it's just a roller coaster. Uh, I was gonna, I was planning to have a good Friday. You no, know, we're gonna. You will in a minute because we're gonna let you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? What else you got, Sean? 
No, that that's it. I I wanted to wrap up at least my part of this seg- part of the thing by asking that last question because you know this guy. I got to say, Adam Matson, you've been driving us nuts lately. But I know you got a lot of passion, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask directly to Bobby and and please come to our races and come and talk to Bobby directly, and you'll find out how how good of a guy he is, just like well, your boy you know Josh. What? You know what's good. You know what's good is. It- he has dedicated fans like that, man. And that kudos to Josh. He has a lot of dedicated fans on his side. You know what I mean? People fighting for him, which, hell, I wish I had more on my side. You know what I mean? My fans, please step up your game. I mean, at least <laughs> cause some confrontation to these Heron fans. Jeez. Well, maybe if I you mean, post I mean, something kudos, on social media every man. once in a while. Yeah, seriously, man. Get my back, people. I mean, because I'm not going to go on there and cause drama, but... Um, you know, kudos to Josh, man. He has dedicated fans that want to see Josh Aaron out there. It's obviously Josh is doing something, right? Sean, it's yeah. like he's replacing Derek Jeter as shortstop on the Yankees or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, seriously. Exactly. Seriously. Well, well look, let, we'll, Thanks, uh, boys. we'll let you get back to it. And, and again, we appreciate you uh, always being willing to come on here with us and I think you're going to have a good year and, and we wish you the best of luck and uh, either way we'll have some fun. So good on you. I'll let you when I, thanks guys. And I'll let you when I, I'll let you know when I get my giant bicycle next week and I'll be ripping it. So yeah, well, I better get <laughs> no, mine kidding. at the same I'm time. Kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think I know, I'm kidding. Are we, I'm kidding. Are we two uh, weeks away? Yeah, we're two weeks away. Oh, Count man. the days. All right. So, all right, boys. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to go Cheers, riding guys. together. Thank you. Thank you. Soon. Soon. Later guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Bobby.